Well, boys and girls, it's really, really good to have you in this, the whole service with us this morning, and everyone else is good to have you with us as well. I want to begin with a question. We're going to have a reading in a moment, but to begin with a, a question just to think about, can Jesus really forgive and change people? Can Jesus really forgive and change me and you? Because sometimes we're not sure. Maybe, maybe boys and girls, you've, you've told a lie, or you've said horrible things about someone else, or you've said horrible things about Jesus, perhaps, or untrue things about him, or maybe you've stolen something that doesn't belong to us, belong to you, or maybe you've done all of those things, and you can't help but think, can Jesus really forgive me and change me? Well, we're going to look at the story of Saul this morning, and the story of Saul is going to help us as we think on this question. This isn't King Saul from the Old Testament. You might remember him. No, this is Saul from the New Testament, Saul who would become Paul. In a moment, we're going to hear the first part of Saul's story read to us. But before that, we just need to know what's happened at this point in the story. Because at this point in the story, Jesus has died, and he's risen again, and he's appeared to his disciples, and he's gone back into heaven, and he sent his Holy Spirit to his disciples so that they might tell everyone everywhere the good news about Jesus. But the religious leaders want to stop them. And they've just killed a follower of Jesus called Stephen to try and stop the good news about Jesus from spreading. That is what's just happened in this story. And Julianne is going to read the first part of our story um, to us today. So come on up, Julianne, and you can read that for us. Thank you so much. Saul agreed that the killing of Stephen was a good thing. Some religious men buried Stephen. They cried very loud before him. On that day, people began trying to hurt the church in Jerusalem and make it suffer. Saul was also trying to destroy the church. He went from house to house. He dragged out men and women and put them in jail. All the believers, except the apostles, went to different places in Judea and Samaria. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 2. In Jerusalem, Saul was still trying to frighten the followers of the Lord by saying he would kill them. So he went to the high priest and asked him to write letters to the synagogues in the city of Damascus. Saul wanted the high priest to give him the authority to find people in Damascus who were followers of Christ's way. If he found any there, men or women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Thank you, Julianne. Very well read. So we were learning in that story about Saul. And really, Saul was like an angry 
lion, a hungry, raging lion. Boys and girls, any, does anyone um, enjoy watching nature programs on the TV? Any of you boys and girls like watching nature programs? I do. I enjoy them. Sometimes, exactly, rawr. Sometimes um, you see these nature programs and the camera will follow a hungry lion. And you see this lion perhaps even attack and kill a young gazelle or something like that and eat it all up. But the lion's still hungry. So he attacks and kills another gazelle and then another one. Saul was like a hungry, raging lion. He's an angry man who hates Jesus and Jesus' people. So as, as Saul watched Stephen being stoned to death, we're told that Saul agreed that his killing was a good thing. In other words, he, he sits there and gives it the thumbs up. Well done, boys, for killing Stephen. You did the right thing. That's what Saul thinks. But he's still hungry, because now he wants to kill all of the Christians in Jerusalem. We're told in 8 verse 3 that Saul went from house to house, dragging out men and women and putting them in jail. So imagine this, boys and girls. Saul and his soldiers prowling up and down the streets of Jerusalem, banging on all the doors and shouting through the letterbox, any Christians in here? Are you hiding any Christians? He goes to the house of a lovely Christian man and woman, and they hear someone at the door, and they peer through the curtain, and their heart sinks. Oh no, it's Saul. What are we going to do? But before they can do anything... Saul's soldiers have forced down the door, come in, and arrested them, dragging them out of their house and dumping them in a prison cell. But still, Saul is hungry for more. Now he doesn't just want to get rid of Christians in Jerusalem. He now wants to get rid of Christians everywhere. So at the beginning of chapter 9, he asks the religious leaders... Can I go to a place called Damascus to hunt down the Christians there? Now, boys and girls, you may know this when it comes to lions. You can tell how hungry a lion is by how far it's traveled to hunt down its prey. So if you ever meet a lion in the wild, I hope you don't, but if you ever meet a lion in the wild, but it's near its family or it's near its den, then you, it's probably not that hungry. I still wouldn't advise petting it or going close to it, but it's possible that this lion won't eat you alive. It's probably not that hungry. But if you ever meet a lion in the wild and it's far away from its den, say it's 50 miles from its den or its family, then that lion is probably very, very hungry indeed because it's walked all of that distance to hunt. Do you know how far Saul went to hunt down Christians? Not 50 miles, 
Not a hundred miles, 200 miles. That's the distance, oh, this is a map of Ireland, that is the distance from Antrim, that's the red dot, dot at the top where we are, all the way down to Wexford, which is just on the south coast. That's 200 miles. That's how far Saul walked to hunt down Christians. He is so hungry to get rid of Christians. His belly rumbles, his mouth drools at the thought of destroying Jesus' people. But just listen. We're going to have the second bit of our reading now. Just listen to how Jesus stops and tames Saul. Leah is going to come and give our, the second bit of our story. Thanks, Leah. chapter 9, verse 3 to 9. So Saul went to Damascus. As he came near the city, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Saul fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you doing things against me? Saul said, Who are you, Lord? The voice answered, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're trying to hurt. Get up now and go into the city. The men travelling with Saul stood there, but they said nothing. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground. He opened his eyes, but he could not see. So the men with Saul took his hand and led him into Damascus. For three days Saul could not see, and he did not eat or drink. Well done. Thank you for reading. That was super... So just as Saul can see the city of Damascus up ahead, just as he's licking his lips thinking about arresting the Christians there, a huge blinding light from heaven suddenly appears. And Saul knows that this is God, and he falls down before God, and he hears God's voice. Saul, Saul, why are you doing these things against me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? And the voice says something that he was not expecting at all. The voice says, I am Jesus. I am the one you're trying to hurt. You see, boys and girls, on that road to Damascus, it was Jesus who appeared to Saul to show him that he wasn't some dead guy, but the living God. And having now met Jesus, Saul the raging lion is turned into a helpless kitten. Because as Jesus leaves him, and the light goes away, and Saul gets up off the ground, there's something very, very different Saul opens his eyes, but it's as if they're still shut. He, he blinks and blinks again, but it doesn't make any difference. Boys and girls, what has happened to Saul? What has happened to him? Go for it. 
He's blind. That's right. He cannot see. Having led his troops all the way from Jerusalem, keep up, keep up, you know, move faster. He now needs to be led by them, by the hand. Careful, Saul. Watch where you're going. Just watch your footing. And because he's blind, he's not dangerous anymore. He can't harm Jesus' people anymore. He can do about as much harm to them as this little kitten. Jesus stops Saul. Now, if the story were to end there, this would be an amazing story. The day Jesus turned a raging lion into a helpless kitten. The day Jesus saved his people from being destroyed. But this this is not the end of the story. Because as we're going to see, Jesus doesn't just stop Saul. He also forgives and changes him. Aaron is going to come up and read the last bit of our story, our third reading. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, So this reading is from Acts 9, verses 10 to 22. There was a follower of Jesus in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. Ananias answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight Street. Find a house for Judas. Ask for a man named Saul in the city of Tarsus. He is there now, praying. Saul has seen the vision. In it, a man named Ananias comes to him and lays his hands on him. Then he sees the vision. But Ananias answered, Lord, many people have told me about this man and the terrible things he did to your people in Jerusalem. Now he has come here to Damascus. The leading priests have given him the power to arrest everyone who worships you. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, I have chosen Saul for the great work. He must tell about me to non-Jews, to kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer. So Ananias went to the house of Judas. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has sent me. He is the one you saw on the road on your way here. He sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something that looked like fish scales fell from Saul's eyes. He was able to see again. Then Saul got up and was baptized. After eating some food, his strength returned. Saul stayed with the followers of Jesus in Damascus for a few days. He soon began to preach about Jesus in the synagogues, saying, Jesus is the Son of God. All the people who heard him were amazed. They said, This man who was in Jerusalem, or this is the man who was in Jerusalem, he was trying to destroy those who trust in this name. He came here to do the same thing. He came here to arrest the followers of Jesus and take them back to the leading priests. But Saul became more and more powerful. His proofs that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ were so strong that, that the Jews in Damascus could not argue with him. Thank you, Aaron. 
So while Saul is being led by the hand into Damascus, a Christian man named Ananias is in his house reading his Bible and praying. And then Jesus appears to him, Ananias, go to Straight Street and you're going to meet Saul. I want you to pray for him so that he can see again. Ananias is terrified. Saul? As in Saul of Tarsus? As in Saul, the raging lion that has come here hunting down Christians? That Saul? And Jesus says, yep, that's the one I mean. But don't worry, because I have a plan to use Saul. Jesus says to Ananias, I've chosen Saul to do an important work. He's going to share the good news about me to those who aren't Jews, to kings, and to the people of Israel. I'm going to change him. And so very bravely, Ananias obeys Jesus. He goes to meet Saul. Saul's eyes get fixed. He can see again. And then Ananias sees something that he never in a million years would have expected to see. Ananias sees Saul, who just three days earlier had been marching up the Damascus Road, hunting down Christians. He sees him now standing drenched in water, having just been baptized as a Christian. You see, Jesus stopped Saul, and then he forgave him, washing him clean of all of his hatred and anger and murder. And now Jesus is ready to use him. So a few days later in the synagogue, the people gather to hear him speak, expecting to hear a sermon from Saul, the angry lion, expecting him to say things like, Jesus isn't real, Jesus is a fake, Jesus is still dead, and you need to do your bit to hunt down his followers. That's what they're expecting him to say. But as Saul begins to speak, they cannot believe their ears. Because Saul isn't an angry lion anymore, nor is he a scared kitten. He is now a powerful preacher. And this is what one artist has drawn of the Apostle Paul. Saul now preaching. He tells them about how Jesus is alive and how Jesus can forgive them and wash away their sin. This is an amazing change from angry lion to scared kitten to powerful preacher. Well, boys and girls, that's the story. What does this teach us? This teaches us that no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we may have been, Jesus can forgive us. This is what it teaches us. In another bit of the Bible, Saul says, I was the worst of sinners. And he's right. He really was. So cruel and hateful and violent. And yet Jesus forgives him and changes him, washing away all of his sins. And that means that Jesus can forgive us too. So boys and girls, tell me, if I've lied, thumbs up, thumbs down, 
can Jesus forgive me? If I've lied, can Jesus forgive me? Yeah, absolutely right. Because he even forgives Saul. What about if I've said horrible and untrue things about Jesus? Can Jesus forgive me then? What do you think? Absolutely right, yes, because he even forgives Saul. What if I've stolen things that don't belong to me? Can Jesus forgive me then? He can even forgive us. He even forgive Saul. If I've killed someone, can Jesus forgive me? What do you think? It's thumbs up again. He can. How do you know? How do you know he can forgive you? Because he even forgave Saul. You see, our sins, the wrong things that we do, the good things that we don't do, our sins, they're like rocks, giant meteors, so big and so heavy and far too heavy for us to carry. But Jesus' forgiveness is like an ocean, an ocean so wide that if you were to sail across it for years after years, you would never get to the other side. And an ocean so deep that even if you were in the best submarine in the world, you could never get to the bottom. Our sins are heavy and huge meteors, but Jesus' forgiveness is always bigger. Jesus' forgiveness is always bigger. No matter what we've done, no matter how bad we may have been, Jesus can forgive us because he's died on the cross to take our punishment. So boys and girls and really all of us, when we sin, and we all do, when you sin and you realize that your sin is like a great big meteor, Will you take your sin to Jesus and ask him to forgive you and change you? Because if you do that, he will take that rock and throw it into the bottomless sea that is his forgiveness. Let's pray and ask for God's help to see Jesus like this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Saul. We thank you for how you forgave him and changed him. And we thank you for what we've seen of your amazing grace and forgiveness. We thank you that no matter what we may have done, your forgiveness is always, always bigger. And so we pray that you would help us to be those who bring our sins to him, to him, that we might know his forgiveness and his changing power. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.